Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today I have two gentlemen with me. I love when I have multiple guests at the same time because it creates a lot of fun. And um, it's I, we're, we're doing another book today. And it is called When Things Aren't Going Right, Go Left. And I have both the artist and the author. And so it's very fun to have both of you guys on today. And um, it's Mark Colagiovanni who is the children's book author, and he is uh, currently a practicing attorney. While he is honored to uh, be a part of the legal profession and enjoys law practice, his true passion is writing. Go Left is his debut children's book. Mark was born, raised, and currently resides in Rhode Island with his wife and three daughters. And I have Peter H. Reynolds, who is a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator of many books for children, including The Dot. I am human, happy dreamer, the word collector, say something, be you, and our table. His books have been translated into 25 languages around the globe and have been celebrated by tens of millions worldwide. In 1996, he founded Fable Vision with his twin brother, Paul, as a social change agency to help create stories that matter, stories that move uh, he lives in Denham, Massachusetts with his family, where he founded and runs his own indie bookshop, The Blue Bunny, which celebrates 20 years this year in October. Please welcome both Mark and Paul and Peter, Paul is your brother, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you boys for being here. Nice to Wonderful be here. to be here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, yeah. This could be so fun. Um, yeah. Love it. And before we dive in, I'm going to ask you both the same question and you can choose who goes first. And that is, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go, Peter? Um, well, my favorite cookie, and it's tied into my uh, cookie memory, um, my mother, our mother, Hazel, uh, who is 98 years old this year, um, she is quite a character and she... Um, she made cookies for a funeral. It was an Irish funeral. And after the mass, if you've been to an Irish funeral, it's a party afterwards. And so everyone was going to bring food. And she made these gigantic oatmeal raisin cookies. And they were so good and so chewy. And so, you know, she brought them to the funeral, to the party afterwards. And I got a hold of one of these cookies and I almost passed out. It was so delicious. And we all love them. So, you know, when like the next week we said, we're like, oh, could you make those, the funeral cookies? And it sort of stuck. So the funeral cookie <laughs> is my favorite cookie. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, not sad. It's a, it's actually kind of symbolic, right? Because, you know, you're celebrating a life, somebody who made their mark. So, um, and I got to hang out with someone named Mark, who's making his mark, Mark Cola Giovanni. What's your favorite cookie, Mark? Well, unbelievably, my favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin. 
No. Oh my God. But I'm telling you, this cookie has been making a huge <laughs> comeback. A lot of my guests have recently been saying oatmeal raisin, which is my least favorite. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I just, my dad loves them. I just, but yeah. yes, it's so great. <laughs> it is. They're so good. You really should reconsider. <laughs> I will have to try the funeral cookie or maybe the one you're about to share. Yeah. <laughs> well, oatmeal raisin, that's the one. Wow, that is amazing. That is. Do you like the healthier another... ones or like the sugary ones? I um, it doesn't really matter to me as long as it has oatmeal and raisins in it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I love it. It's and a pretty, it's a pretty healthy cookie. And yeah. um, how old are your your children? You have three daughters, bless you. I have two boys and a girl, and she's we're good with one girl. Um, yeah. and then um, yeah, and how old are they? Um, 12, 10, and 10. Oh, twins, I'm yeah. assuming? Okay. Yep. Because mine are nine and a half, if you ask them soon, and then it will be eight and will be six. So, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're very, mm. oh, yeah. So we're close. Well, you and I are in the same boat, pretty much. Yeah, at age. Yeah. Yeah. And I am, Beautiful I'm, chaos, a, I'm a twin, um, and uh, I might, my, my daughter sarah is 37 someone had to remind me of i thought she was 33 but someone said no she's 37 i'm, <laughs> I'm blinking and she's growing up so fast and she has a son named thomas so i am a grandfather whereas Aww. paul McCartney would say i'm a grand dude and um uh, i have a son henry rocket reynolds who is 12 years old and wow. he's he has something in common with mark cola giovanni because uh, Mark is a collaborator and Henry is now a collaborator. This September, I have a new book coming out, or should I say we have a new book coming out. Henry and I actually collaborated on a new book called "If uh, uh, All We Need Is Love and a Really Soft Pillow. Oh, yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Bring him on, you know, when yeah. you guys are launching that. I love to have you sure. guys. Uh, I don't actually like have cookies. children yet, so I'd love yeah. to have <laughs> that would be a fun little right that's little, fun um, yeah he's the totally. best. he'll be the best guest you've ever had oh he's i bet <laughs> oh i he's bet awesome. i yeah. love it um and i i actually wrote um i contributed to a parenting book uh last year uh no problem parenting and i wrote a chapter in there it's the three c's and it's uh three systems to implement in your home like right now and make it like self-sufficient to get your kids to do you know more stuff on their own um so a book is, you know, book launch and all those things are really a lot of work. And um, it's very rewarding to see it come, you know, mm -hmm. to fruition and see it on the shelves. And um, it was, I went into the Barnes and Noble here and asked if they had a copy and they were like, we know that book. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> so with children's books, I mean, I tell all my authors when I get the books in the mail is when I usually learn who I'm, I'm talking to. My oldest, who's nine, almost 10 jumps at the mail like that book I was like yeah he's like what is that I don't know like well let me see if it's a self-help book or a children's book or a Nat Geo book and this was this one and it came out and he saw the colors he's like I want to read it I said I need it first and then you can read it so he always tries and grabs it but he really liked all the colors and um we all read it together and so go left is when things aren't going right it's a perfect thing, I think, for anyone. So can you give us a little bit more of like how this idea came and um, 
where where your inspiration stem from because you said this was your first book mm. yeah so all of my inspirations always come from my family by uh, my wife and my kids um, they inspire me every day um, but this particular story was inspired from the pandemic so my kids were 10 8 and 8 at the time and obviously that was an awful period in everyone's life um, you know, teachers, uh, parents, communities, it was it was a nightmare. And the distance learning portion of that in my home was just a complete disaster every day. Um, you know, once that computer came on, everyone was crying, myself, my wife, the kids, the dog, you name it, the neighbors. Um, so I never realized uh, until that moment that little kids could experience worries, fears, frustrations, and doubts at such an intense level. It, it, it blew me away. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Um, but as a parent, it was very eye-opening. Um, I see it now as a blessing in disguise because I've, I've really been hyper-focused on how they're coping emotionally um, since that event. So that, that kind of embedded into my head and into my heart. And then one morning at 5 a.m., I woke up with this story idea and I wrote most of it within about two hours. Mm -hmm. So, but that's where it came from. That's where it's all stemmed from. Did you have your kids proofread it? Yes. Yeah. Everything I write, the first person who reads it is my 12 year old. Um, I've been doing that since she's been able to read. And it's always, it's super important for me because first of all, I'm hearing the story for the first time. You know, it's been in my head for so long. Um, and then she's brutally honest. So if she doesn't like something, um, she doesn't sugarcoat it for me at all. So yeah, they read all of my stuff. That's great. And then how did you and and uh, connect with Paul? Uh, Peter. Peter, but it says Paul. <laughs> the other Paul apostle. Peter. Peter, Paul. I'm in the disciples. Uh, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> How did you connect with Peter, who has this very, very um, extensive background and, and history in, in the book industry? Yeah, so yeah. Peter's got oh. this story down pat. Let's hear it, Peter. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I've been busy for the past uh, 25 years plus, illustrating the Judy Moody series, doing my books about creativity, um, and books about... Um, uh, people ex- really encouraging people to make their mark and to express themselves. So, you know, all my work is to encourage everyone to tell their story. I believe that everybody has a story. Everybody listening today has a story. They probably have many stories. And the longer you live and the more challenges you have and sort of get your way through, um, you have more and more stories. So that that's what I'm you know, all about. So when people come up to me and they say, hey, I have a story idea. I'm, I'm always very supportive. Uh, one day, Mark uh, came into the uh, my bookstore in Dedham, Massachusetts, and um, he found me having a cup of coffee. And we, uh, we sat there and he had a folder and he pulled out some stories. And I the first story I read, I fell in love with. It was called The huh? Reflection in Me. And I said, Mark, this must be shared with the world. And so I, I was very encouraging, right, Mark? I was very encouraging. And I said, go out, go forth, my son, and get this thing published. You have my blessing. And um, so you went out 
with the story tucked in your arm. And you're, Peter Reynolds loves this book, so the world's going to love it. And what happened, Mark? Nobody cared. No one cared. No one bought it. <laughs> right? Nobody. He got he got a big old pile of nose. <laughs> oh but, no! But Mark, being a resilient human being, determined and inspired human being, and having a great support system, his his kids and wife. He just kept, he came back to me and he told me the story and he said, I still really want to share this with the world. And I said, hey, Mark, you know, a book is only one way to share a story. Another way is an animated film, which I think this would be perfectly suited for. And by the way, did you know that I founded a, an animation company, interactive animation company uh, over 25 years ago? And so I introduced him to the team. They saw the story. And Mark um, rolled up his sleeves, became the producer of the executive producer of the of the film and worked with our team. And we created an animated film that we sent out into the world. The Reflection in Me um, went visited. It went it was part of a lot of film festivals, won awards and a lot of acclaim. And after two years, Mark's, you know, somebody said we should put it online. I think Mark did. And so we put it online and um you know, tens of thousands, then 50, you know, half million got up to 600,000. That's when Scholastic noticed and said, uh, hey, your friend Mark, <laughs> we want to talk to him. And so within two days of that, um, sharing that news, uh, Scholastic signed him up for a book called The Reflection in Me, which is not the book we're talking about, which is kind of weird, <laughs> right? Because he got a book deal and we're not talking about that book. Um, that book will be made, but Mark went and did something rather clever. He wrote another story called When Things Aren't Going Right, Go Left. He shared it with me, and I said to Mark, Mark, I love this story so much. If anyone else illustrates this, I'll, I will be very upset. And we shared that story with Scholastic. They fell in love with it so much. They said, wow, this, this needs to be out there because it really addresses some um, some serious topics, you know, that we've all, I mean, we've all, you know, all, all of us have been worrying and being frustrated, you know, it's part of life, but the pandemic definitely put us all through the ringer. So we've been carrying a lot of burdens and Scholastic said the world needs this book. And clearly it does because um, the book is now out there and just charted on, uh, on the New York Times uh, bestseller list. We're really proud about that in the indie indie uh, bestsellers list as well. So um, my hunch was right that Mark is an amazing <laughs> human being and his voice needs to be heard by the world. So um, so that's the story. Well, I, I love the name of it. It's very catchy. Um, I like puns and I also like, like alliteration. I just like chaos and cookies. It's just, I like things that roll off. You're not supposed to start with a negative, but whatever, it works. Everyone also told me not to start with a negative chaos. There should never come first, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and, you know, the podcast is now top 3%. So, you know what? Chaos is good. So yep. in my opinion, so when I read this, I really, what I liked about it most, other than, you know, it, it addresses all those issues about like worries and anxiety, everything that we as adults see, and I've been very tuned in as well, especially, you know, pandemic as well. When I was going through the similar times where I think my oldest, it was like his kindergarten and they had just cut it off right after spring break. 
and I had two young ones in preschool and I'm like, I, we were like in the beginning of school essentials, reading, writing, math. And everyone in my family is a educator, principal, reading specialist, something, and not me. I'm in sales, marketing and legal world. And so I'm not equipped with that. So I was like, I can't teach them how to do this. So it was very, and then watching a then kindergarten the next year with my second yelling at the computer because she doesn't know what to unmute, mute, unmute. She's just talking and I'm like, oh God. So it was very stressful for everyone. What I liked about this book is not only did he drop everything as he was going, he Mm -hmm. picked them back up. Right. So it wasn't dismissing it completely. It was addressing that they're lighter or they're, they're less because that's really what reality is. It's not just like, oh, dropped it by. Right. Yeah. I, that's what I love about it yeah. too. Um, yeah. It was, is very realistic because, you know, that's part of life. You know, we, it, there's no magic wand that makes all of these things disappear. But, you know, we do have, uh, you know, there are coping mechanisms out there. There are ways of putting your burdens down, even if it's for, you know, 10 minutes by meditating um, or saying, you know what, this weekend, we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to forget all these other things. And we're going to go, you know, we're going to go camping and go for a hike, go to the beach and, you know, connect with nature, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you get back home, you bet <laughs> school starts again and all of that stuff starts back up again. Um, but I think teaching people that they, they actually have the choice of, of controlling that, that there are actually are some levers that you can move up and down. Right. Um, so, so I, I also, I agree with you, Heather. It's, 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 I think that's the brilliance of this, this book. It's yeah, also, I like that, yeah, I like that you pointed. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go, go. Yeah. I like that you, um, like that part of it because like I said, most of the story came to me in about two hours. And when I sat down to, I always then handwrite it. I'm, I'm very old school. Yeah. And I got to the point where he, successfully dove and then you know he realized the more left I went the more right I felt um and then that was almost the end of it um but I didn't like that ending I I didn't like that message what was that it's too abrupt yeah and I didn't like to, to your point I didn't like the message that it was you know things are only great in your life when you can free yourself free yourself of all of these feelings because it's just so unrealistic so I wanted to find a way to get those things back into his life because I wanted kids to realize and adults that we always have these feelings with us. We're never free from them. Um, but there is a way to find the tools to, to lessen them, to lighten them, so we can accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish. So I'm glad you you pointed that out. <laughs> and I was going to say, spinoff of that is after the book was over, before we hopped on air, I was joking around about the illustration, but it also teaches pick up your stuff. <laughs> Don't just leave it in there. <laughs> Pick up what you dropped. No, just kidding. But like clean up after yourself or you just, just don't toss it away and mom's not going to buy a new bag, right? Like you have to learn how to deal with it and do. But it was just like, I was just making a little funny joke there. Like pick up your backpack, pick up the suitcase, take it off, put it away. Uh, less anxiety for mom and dad. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm just making it funny there. But um, I think, I mean, I did actually say that to my kids after we read it too. I was like, see, like he picks up his stuff. Like maybe she- <laughs> I, I love that. I, I think that's great that you, you know, that you kind of activated that part of the message, you know, and that's, what's lovely about books is that 
you know, an author doesn't know what the reaction, you know, there's what, what you think might happen. And then you get surprised by, you know, how people interpret the book or little details they notice. Look, we were chatting earlier and you notice that my characters don't wear shoes. And I get that people write to me and they're like, you know, how come your characters don't wear shoes? And I always say that I think it's from being, I grew up in the city in Somerville, just outside of Boston. And then we moved out to the country. Um, mm. And we I remember the car, you know, we were packed in our station wagon. We roll up the driveway of this house and there were pine trees and there was grass and it had rained the night before. And so the grass was all dewy wet. And we knew that in the country, you could take off your shoes. And so that's the very first thing we did. We took off our shoes and socks and we ran barefoot, which is something in the city. City kids do not run <laughs> barefoot. Um, and uh, so that feeling of absolute joy, uh, freedom um, sort of stuck with me. So uh, I, that is um, my, yeah, my characters are mostly shoeless. And you'll also find a bird in my books. There's always a bird. I see the bird. Somewhere. I see it on the, <laughs> right? on the thing right there. Yeah. Actually, I think I noticed the little bird throughout the whole book. Um, I just, it's a very, it's very, very, I like books that are open to interpretation. I have a lot of children's, uh, both uh, illustrators and authors on the show. And uh, I like the way that, my kids interpret it. Like I interpret it as a parent and I'm watching all the other things, but that's just me going and being crazy. Mom, they really understood and saw and felt that it spoke to them. And I like to ask them like, what did, you know, what was your favorite part of the book? What did you learn? What would you have done differently? And um, just see, cause it's always an open interpretation. We all filter the same message differently, which is mm -hmm. another reason why we don't want to um tell them what it's about you ask because when we see things that happen to our kids we want to try and correct it but we have to remember like they're they might not react the way that we would or did in the past let them mm -hmm. have their own experience and let them have their own development with it same thing with books and you know movies or anything that's open to messaging like that right yeah. oh and by the way speaking of movies um uh, this uh book is going to be a an animated film so uh, scholastic western woods has teamed up with my studio fable vision studios in boston and we are going to this spring we're going to be um finishing up the animated film version probably over the summer adding the sound and the sound effects and then this fall it will be released into the world and we'll have some kind of fun big film festival mark right we'll have to nice. do that again cool. So we, I love it. Of course, Reflection in Me is also a film. And by the way, people can, if you look, it's very easy to find just the Reflection in Me. You can write Mark's name. You can spell his last name. <laughs> <laughs> just stick um, with the Reflection in Me. It's yeah. shorter. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, I think it's, we're up to like 1.5 million views. So there are a lot of people that enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And uh, it, is a, it is a lovely, a lovely piece. So definitely check that one out. Absolutely. And we love to share everything that our, um, my guests do. So if, when that comes out, please let us know. I'll add that to the to the show notes for all of our listeners to, to find. And everything for this book will also be included in the notes so they can go and check it out, grab themselves a copy. Um, I really encourage 
everyone to go get a, a copy. When I also saw the um, name of the book, it's kind of funny because I thought of my mom because it's an ongoing joke as well. She's the worst sense of direction. And yes. as kids, she, she's, uh, she, they're from New York, my parents. So she walks like a million miles an hour. And um, so she's always up front up, up. And so when she was always trying, she always wanted to go right every time. It was just her sense of direction. And we always used to say when she goes right, we're going left because it's always the correct direction. <laughs> she's always taking us the wrong way. And so that when I pulled that, I'm like, that's so funny. Like that's what we used to tell each other when we watched my mom, like try to tell us where to go. Oh, that's great. And we that just like, go left. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, on, Mark and I just finished a book tour. We were zigzagging up and down the East Coast. Um, and we got to hang out and we, I heard a lot of stories uh, from Mark. And one of the stories I love, Mark, speaking of directions, and this is sort of a sign that Mark is just a, a lovely, amazing parent. Um, he, he will pack his kids in the car. They say, let's go on an adventure at every intersection where every time that you can choose a different direction he asks his kids they get all get a turn to go right go left go straight and he follows their direction yeah. and who knows where they're going to end up it's it's up to you know the kids how is that cool that is just such a great random wonderful thing that a, a dad yeah because usually adults want to make sense of the world it's like oh we have places to go we you know yeah. they're looking at their watch and this this image of Mark, you know, packed with his kids being told where to go and not knowing where you end up, I think it's a marvelous thing. <laughs> Who gets the first turn is my question because like you can't just you can't ask three kids. Right. Okay, so one thing we you got to yeah. Yeah, Consistent. the expression we had in our house was uh, the order of the belly, which means how you, your birth order. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we would do it. Or sometimes we do the reverse order of the belly. So okay. hmm. Addison, Ella, Mia. I know I, that was something I came up, which is a little weird when I, when I, <laughs> as I verbalize it, but um, it, it always seemed to work. It makes sense. I would just say oldest to youngest, but then my youngest, my middle child is like, I'm always second. Yeah. And that happened too. So Ella, yeah, she was always second. So I saw but a lady She's first. my easiest one. <laughs> she's, she's the easiest oh. one three. Okay. Was well, it really, I guess it really is a middle when you have twins because one does oh, come yeah. out first, yeah. right? So, well, I mean, Paul and I, people ask, you know, who's older and we say, you know, I'll say Paul is 14 minutes older. Well, he's been, you know, out in the world 14 minutes longer than me, but really the, the, the miracle happens when that, you know, that cell splits. And so we're really, technically we're exactly the same age. Um, True. The whole thing blows my mind. I like them when there's twins that are born at like 11.50 p.m. and then the next day and then they got two separate birthdays, but they were right. born at the same time. And then it's like, you know, like two different days. Mm -hmm. uh, I think yeah. twins are fascinating. Um, but uh, I really appreciate you guys being here and sharing this. And please come back and share the, the film, share more stories with um, me and, and the listeners. Um, and thank you for sharing this with and listening to my my interpretations <laughs> <laughs> they were great well, anytime uh, it was really really fun hanging out with you and sharing some cookies um and, and if, uh, if we want to hear and find you guys where can our listeners find you do we you have instagram facebook all the things let's what are yeah, those yeah the all of those things 
Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, um, you can go to my website, markcolagiovanni.com. If you can spell it and you find <laughs> In the me, show notes, guys, it's in the title of this uh, episode. So it's C-O-L-A-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I. Yep, <laughs> and it'll be yep. there. Copy, paste. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, I'm pretty easy. It's my name too. Peter H. Reynolds. You have to stick the H in there. H is for Hamilton based on a hit Broadway musical. <laughs> and uh, it's, um, and then from there, you can see all the other things that I'm doing with the animation studio, Fable Vision, check out Reynolds Center. Uh, we have a not-for-profit Reynolds TLC focusing on helping teachers recharge their creative batteries because it's been, it's always been tough being a teacher, throwing a pandemic. Um, it, we've really put them through the ringer. So teachers need a lot of tender loving care. And that's what our not-for-profit does. We really focus on taking care of teachers and celebrating their great work. If we want to empower our teachers, we have to power up our, our teachers, take good care of them. So all the teachers listening, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. After the pandemic, you really do have a much more appreciation of what a teacher does because well, no, it, it's just not for everybody. And if you don't know how to do it, it's a disservice to your, to your yeah. kids. Oh, 100%. oh, and one other thing, just if anybody's uh, within driving distance of, of Dedham, Massachusetts, which is just one town south of Boston, uh, we have a bookstore called the Blue Bunny, Blue Bunny Books and Toys. And it's, uh, it's a lovely, magical place. And we have the blue carpet rolled out at all times. So come on down, hang out. I'm usually there. I'm usually oh. having a cup of coffee, and that's how Mark connected dots with me. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm there enjoying myself, and I just love I love meeting my readers. But how cool is it to meet a writer and a future New York Times bestselling author? <laughs> he didn't know it at the time, um, <laughs> but I knew. I you were the it. only one who knew, apparently. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's how it starts, though. It, that's how it starts. You just never know. And and you didn't stop when you got a lot of no's, which is also yeah. a, a really big thing. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? Someone says no. And then you just, instead of just giving up, you just try a different angle, try a different way. It obviously resonated yeah. better as like an animated you know, film. So you just, you know, keep trying. And that's there's right. always a, my, many ways to skin a cat, but I mean, that's not really... <laughs> 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 it's so like I know it's like the best thing that came in my mind at the time so you know more ways you know, than a decade yes. so yeah it was uh you know I said I could live with not trying but I couldn't I know I could live with not succeeding but I could not live with not trying so I did not mind I didn't love being told no but it certainly never um phased me and I and I was loving I loved to write so I, I never saw the harm in doing something I loved and with the hopes that it, you know, it might am amount to something. But even when it wasn't amounting to anything, I was still creating things and I was sharing with my kids and my wife. So I was having small victories in that um, with, you know, hopes of something bigger. Yeah. And then I, and I got to meet Peter and, and that changed everything. So I owe it all to him at the end of the day, with, without a doubt. Well, um, it was my good team, Mark. Yeah, I, I, I'm proud to be part of the team. So, yeah, thank so you. yeah. So, and thanks again, um, Heather, for helping spread the word about this very special book. I do feel like it's going to be a really uh, powerful healing book for for everybody, kids, 
and us grown-up kids who still are definitely works in progress. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And thank you for being here and sharing this. And um, this was great. You guys are you guys are so sweet together, and it's just so <laughs> well, nice. Right back and, at you. We've got to oh, thank somewhere. you, thank you. It's it's a good dynamic to have more than just me and one other person. It's just it's very fun, and I I hope you guys come back. And yeah, um, we will. And thank you so much for listening to an episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. You can find all of the uh, the details, the links, all the things about going, when things aren't going right, go left. And um, please go get yourself a copy. Go check out these gentlemen. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the next uh, Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.